Hey, 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 everybody. How are you all guys doing? Welcome to the Wimper Podcast, where we talk about all the goofy stuff related to space, astronomy, deep tech, AI, and a lot more to learn about which you won't find much in a conventional form of education. Today, we have a guest who has been a part of multiple space programs across the country. He is an entrepreneur, a TEDx speaker, a teacher, and a rocket scientist. He has worked as a trainee in the Chandrayaan-2 mission. He founded a company called Space Impulse Technologies, which has developed over 100,000 rockets. He got his education from the Said Business School at the University of Oxford. He is a man with purpose and we will also dive deep into the talks that haven't been disclosed to the public about the successes and failures of various space missions is the first it's a start let's see how it goes right hope you enjoy it and here goes nothing so hi Devyanshu, this is Devyanshu Gunjan here. I didn't know that you were so popular uh, among so many articles and so many blogs that I saw uh, on the internet. When you asked me that I have to Google search yourself so that um, I could get some posters or photos of yours. It was uh, like I didn't know that you were so popular among so many people and so many groups or, and uh, so, so many companies. So... Uh... Yeah, I think Rocketeers has had its share of PR. I'm not exactly famous though, but yeah. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. In, in To a certain extent, that couldn't be true, but um, I think uh, uh, that amount of work that you have been doing so far, like uh, doing stuff with Rocketeers and, and Space Impulse Technology, 100,000 rockets among so many students, and empowering the whole nation, that's just great work. Okay. Starting off with the first question, if you could just tell a laid-back person who's just lying down right now and uh, just uh, um, watching this podcast and listening to it, um, if you could just tell us what is the main and sole purpose of a rocket. Hey everyone, I'm going to be apologizing because the background sound that was coming on both our sides, the guest and mine, was crappy a bit because we were both... Uh, in a busy environment at that time and because of that we had a pretty decent amount of background sound although whatever we spoke was pretty clear and uh, I hope you will enjoy it otherwise so uh, if you look at launch vehicles which are like rockets launched by say ISRO or uh, SpaceX uh, those rockets are usually utilized uh, to launch satellites into space these satellites help us communicate, they uh, connect different networks across the world. Um, they also provide help with navigation. So ships, uh, when they are navigation, navigating in the seas, they use uh, positioning from these satellites. Our phones uh, use, uh, so maps comes from the internet. But the navigation, where your location is, when it's changing, when you're driving, that location is changing using GPS satellites. Um, so. Uh, uh, that is the primary application for rockets being launched by these agencies. Whereas what we do with rocketeers, uh, these are small rocket models. 
Um, so these help children and enthusiasts learn how rockets work, how to build them, what are the kind of components that go into it, what is the science behind it, and uh, develop a wide range of skill sets uh, from aerodynamics to manufacturing to electronics to and so on. Also, it's a okay. fun DIY activity. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> DIY, the way you put it, DIY activity, actually, it's so much intense to just build a rocket engine. It, I've seen that. I mean, I've been into rockets for a pretty long time now. And just how intense that is. I've seen that. Like, there's so many, like, pipes to go through and the whole hydrogen and oxygen combination to just react and just making two chemicals react so that they could uh, burst out the rocket up but it's just so difficult and you put it so simply that's great okay um moving on uh, with the next question a hundred thousand rockets it's just incredible you know and uh, to distribute it among so many students uh how have you been able to achieve this feat in uh, such a just in such an intense work period and in such an intense workflow uh so uh it's not that it has happened overnight it has taken a very long time for us to be able to achieve these goals so rocketeers itself started in 2015 mm-hmm. and uh, these numbers so the, it's already been around for 7 years uh, 8 years almost now so mm-hmm. uh, it it's not really an overnight thing it has a lot of hard work and a lot of time has gone into it me and my co-founder akash uh, akash ekka so uh, both of us we have spent like uh, you know over 5 years we spent so many 80 hour weeks uh, so uh, it's only now that we are able to say that okay fine we've done this we've done that we partner with this row etc etc but yeah it's it's been a lot of hard work mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is personal. This is not even in the script. But I want to ask you that I've seen so many scientists at ISRO who are like pretty old, like they are above 40, 50. Why is that? Like I see so many people who are just so much aged, but I see so less number of people who are like in their 20s, 30s, who are young, who are enthusiastic and all of that stuff. Why do you need to have some experience already? Uh- so no, that's not true. Inside the organization, there are many, many, many people who are in their 20s and 30s uh, and, and uh, you have uh, people from all age groups. Mm-hmm. It is just that uh, older people with more experience, they have more wisdom, more knowledge uh, mm-hmm. and that is why they get more visibility. Oh. Uh, so if, 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 uh, if someone wants to invite, uh, invite a scientist to have a conversation with uh, Mostly people look for that experience and people want to learn from that experience. Someone in their 20s and 30s may be extremely enthusiastic, uh, may be doing amazing work, but up till now they have not developed enough of a knowledge base. Uh, mostly, I'm not saying that this is always true. A lot of people are very intelligent, very smart and, uh, you know, uh, have mm-hmm. a very I've, large knowledge I've base. Seen that, but I've mostly, seen. but uh, mostly uh, feel that if they are going to invite someone to have a conversation with, uh, it, it, it that that wisdom is what people want to learn from and uh, that is why you see more old scientists getting more visibility in educational institutions and in news and so on because mm-hmm. these are the people that we can learn from they have uh, they have that experience and that knowledge base yeah totally get it yeah so uh, moving on to the next question 
I wanted to ask you that uh, uh, there are multiple parts in a rocket, right? There's a fairing on the top, a number of stages, prefer- propulsion systems and balancing jets and wings and whatnot. Because you're a rocket scientist, I think I find mis- myself pretty comfortable asking this question to you. Which part of the mo- whole vehicle is the most important one, if you could say that? Uh, so, see, first of all, everything has to work perfectly. So, it's not as if, like, you know, this is important and that is not important, etc. Uh, everything is extremely important, each and every valve, each and every screw, uh, and so on. Uh, mm-hmm. So, there, there, you cannot uh, sort of say that this is important or that is not important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, yes, the propulsion of the rocket, the propulsion system the is... is, is uh, is definitely in the development cycle the one of the most important things because that is what will like it's like the engine for a car right you can have different seats you can have different doors but you need the engine for anything else like otherwise mm. it just doesn't make sense otherwise yes, it's just yes. a structure yeah because then how will you be able to put something that you want to put in the orbit right yeah exactly mm. yep so um then definitely then uh, then i would say like uh, if if what if the fairing like i thought that the fairing part is one of the most important one because not only does if if it if it is constructed well not only does it uh, provide that uh, drag uh, when the rocket is going up but uh, and it reduces it but also uh, it uh, kind of protects the satellite or whatever the vehicle has been put inside the rocket and uh, I thought that yeah. that would, could be the most important part. So as I said, like every part is important. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, um, like what you have done with Rocketeers, uh, I've seen that in multiple schools. And I think it has been like uh, highly concentrated in South of India, right? That's not true. Uh, we have clients from across the country. Okay. Uh, we, we maybe have not got a lot of foothold in the northeast, <laughs> uh, but beyond that, uh, I think we are we are present in almost all the states. Okay. Like I'm from Patna, and we don't have that sort of intensive uh, and practical sort of education over here. And then so it, it really uh, depends. Uh, it really depends from school to school as well, uh, or, or 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 a college to college as well. Uh, and I think slowly schools are uh, looking to invest into STEM education. Mm-hmm. So uh, as schools do that, we increase our presence. For example, you guys would have seen utter tinkering labs in your uh, area, right? In, in in Bihar. Like I think there are definitely almost 300 of them in Bihar. Um, we have labs. In our, we had labs in our school. Like they were dedicated towards physics, chemistry and biology. No, 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 no. I'm oh. talking about utter tinkering labs. Oh, what does that mean? Okay. So these are STEM education labs. They have all uh-huh. kinds of stuff. They have Arduinos, they have Raspberry Pis, they have some woodworking, they have planes, they have drones, they have mm-hmm. all these kinds of stuff. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a program that has been designed by Niti Aayog. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has been happening uh, since the last seven, eight years. Since this, uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a scheme run by this government, the current central government. So, uh, so it's been around since this government has been around. And okay. uh, uh, I think there are almost 300 of those in Bihar. And I think our rockets are present in almost 100 of them. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, though I'm not sure about the numbers, we'll have to check. Okay. And then how, like, if I want myself to have a rocket from you, from your company, how would I be able to, like, uh, or even if I would, like, consider my school and consider going to my principal and telling so, them, this uh, is this company. For you getting a rocket, so, for you getting a rocket personally is easier than... Uh, talking to your school or college uh, because uh, if you're talking to your school or college you have to convince the institution to invest yes, the money that will go into it right? <laughs> uh, and 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 for a school or a college uh, the program is much wider and it has to appeal to many more students so you yourself are interested in rocketry you cannot be sure how many students in your school would be interested or in your college would be interested so yep, it really yep. depends on all of that uh, but hmm. For anybody like you, uh, uh, the easiest thing to do is just go onto our website. We have a e-commerce store over there. You can buy kits, uh, DIY kits. Uh, some of these kits are ready to fly. So you'll see a section over there called ready to fly kits. So you can choose from any one of them. These kits come with everything that you will need. Uh, the launch pad, the ignition system, the fuel, the components of the rocket, mm. and instruction manual. Uh, also, there are instruction videos on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Uh, we'll provide the links for that. Plus, you can be in touch with our team if you have any problems or any confusion. So, uh, building and flying your own rocket is super easy and it's not even expensive. Like, kids start off at something as, as low as 2,500 rupees. And oh. uh, uh, this includes the launch pad and the ignition system as well. So, the next time you want to build and fly, your cost is going to be further lower. You just need new fuel. Or if you want to build another rocket, you just need to buy a rocket, which would be just 1,000 or 1,200 bucks. Uh, the fuel would be just 200 rupees. So once you start, you can do all kinds of things with it. You can experiment, you can fly multiple rockets. Um, you can even start building your own and you'll start understanding how the components work. And, uh, you know, so so mm. uh, as an individual, doing it, uh, we, we, we've tried to make it as easy, reliable, safe, and very, very accessible as possible. Okay. By the way, if you want to check out the audio versions of this podcast, you could check out any of these platforms, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever one you may feel comfortable with. But, 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 we haven't worked out with Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music yet because they have a lot of parameters and cross-checks to go through. So, by the upcoming episodes, we shall be expecting to be available on these platforms too. Well, that's all. And uh, enjoy. Like you provide everything, like for the, like for the base, to, to have the base stable, because the rocket is going to be pretty light, everything. right? Okay. With everything. So the, uh, what you're talking about is a launch pad. And yes, you yes. provide launch pads too. And, and, and there are all kinds of launch pads. So actually provide two different variants. Uh, one is called a student launch pad. Um, which is a small, very, very agile, small launch pad. It's good uh, for flying a few rockets. Um, it weighs less than two kilograms. And uh, you can just set it up anywhere in a large ground. Uh, so you need to be sure that you're setting up in a large ground, like a football field or a large open space. Uh, you know, where there are no overhanging wires, uh, etc. And in in, in, a, in a place like that, you can just set it up anywhere and fly these rockets. Uh, the second one, one that we have is called an educator's launch pad. So these are targeted more at institutions and teachers who want to fly with their students. So they want to fly not just two, three, five rockets, but they want to fly maybe in hundreds. Like schools would want to fly in hundreds, right? 
so mm-hmm. uh, and then they would want their on launch pads to last like over say 5 years 10 years so because once the school starts then they would want that activity functioning over there um so those launch pads are big ones they are heavy they are like uh, built a, a little more robust uh, with more longevity in mind and mm-hmm. they're also a little more expensive uh but yeah as an individual a student launch pad is something which is very suitable and it comes along with its own ignition system which has like a 25 feet long wire so you get to stand 25 feet away and you can be safe uh and you can be sure that even in case things go wrong or something some mishap happens if there is a problem with you, the way you built the rocket or something like that you would not get hurt uh, and then nobody would get hurt so so things like that are inbuilt into the system and even when you're launching there are like two three switches uh, actually depending on if you're taking a student ignition system there are two switches so the, both of them have to be pressed simultaneously uh, for the rocket uh, to ignite so this yeah, provides yeah. another safety that ignition does not happen galti se like but so then, it doesn't happen by mistake. then simultaneous switching uh, that could be a problem right because one student if no, no, it's on the same it can be done by the same person it's not uh, so so uh, so that is that is the thing that's what i'm saying uh, it could be a difficult difficult for one single person to launch one single rocket but because they have to use both of their hands simultaneously and if something goes wrong then uh, probably that could be uh difficult for uh, the person to fly they, the rocket they, they don't need to they don't need to press uh, so one is a spring switch and the other one is a toggle switch so if you have the toggle switch on, in an on position it will stay like that for a little mm-hmm. while yeah and during so you can do the you can switch on the toggle switch do the countdown launch your rocket and the toggle switch will automatically switch off oh, okay okay yeah got that part okay um moving on um so basically, basically uh, if we could this is this this might be probably not right i don't know but if we could just dive a bit deeper into the psychological part of uh, rocketeers as kids because we have tons of curiosity in our minds right and ask so many silly yet meaningful and probably even interesting questions and not so interesting questions at times and to people whom we believe in we are we ask these questions to them usually and when we grow up like in grade 10 grade 11 we only have a few options like we are given a few options uh, like engineering medical law civil servant whatever and then and somehow in all of this mess that curiosity or enthusiasm to learn something new just vanishes off from our minds and i'm glad that i'm still with it that is why i have started this podcast with a mission so that i i and all of the people who are watching this podcast could become more knowledgeable about what rockets are and about space and ta- i would say like thanks to the covid lockdown that this uh, thing happened to me so why do you think that all of all of this curiosity that is enabled into us from birth gets disappeared and vanish when we grow up so uh uh obviously there are some problems in the process uh, in which we are uh, making these uh, learnings happen also i think one thing is that uh in the way that our society is structured uh, what happens is that we want uh, uh what happens is that a lot of children get pushed towards career paths that maybe are not what they are interested in 
so somebody might be interested in genuinely becoming a teacher uh, but uh, they they don't get that opportunity or say for example a you know a sports person i understand that these careers are much more difficult to pursue mm-hmm. whereas uh, careers like engineering or doctor or becoming a lawyer are not only highly lucrative but they are in high demand india needs a lot of engineers india needs a lot of good engineers hmm okay. means we are already and producing 80 lakhs a year i don't know like no but uh, that's why i said good engineers so yes, what happening yeah. is problem that and this is not the fault of the students it's not the fault of those uh, 8 lakh students every year it's just, it's the fault of how the education system is structured we don't have the quality education that is needed in some of these fields uh, and a lot of people are getting pushed to these paths which are not really getting them where they need to be or where they want to be and i think that is one of the biggest reasons why this loss of interest happens or loss of motivation happens mm-hmm. uh, and uh, very honestly i don't have any solutions to it i i don't know how to do this better i am uh, i i try my best to provide an opportunity to students who are interested in uh, stem and interested in technology and uh, engineering and uh, so so they get an opportunity to learn hands on and and uh, even students from any institution can use these tools to to learn better Mm-hmm. but but that doesn't mean that uh, this solves the problem uh, this is a very small impact thing compared to what is needed and uh, i i i am not sure how we can restructure our system to make it better hmm well then I, but, but like i have thought about it quite a lot of times like in this way like because this i think personally that this can be done uh, by having by someone who is having a lot of funds you know so basically like what china did with themselves over a, a period of decade or two they um tried to uh, completely spend off the students from all the education possible uh for for some time and then they sort of refurbished it and reinvented it in their own way so that the students get, can get interested more into uh, studying stuff and so doing see, practical uh, things very honestly uh so this starts getting into domains that are not really uh, rockets or technology and i i yes 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 not want to, i would not want to comment on okay okay uh, yeah. these things mm-hmm. Okay. because there are lots of nuances there are lots of different things and then mm-hmm. we could be discussing politics or education systems yes, yes. or that's that's true that uh, yes. curriculum and yeah. i don't think that is the yes sir yeah okay <laughs> makes sense okay um moving on we'll will not have this very long i do not want to make the podcast very long so basically okay. so basically um this uh, this question um is uh, something that uh, uh, probably i'm prohibited to us i don't know or if if it should be said out in the public or, but you have been a part of the ch- research team of chandrayaan 2 mission right and uh, unfortunately so, uh, when i was yes, i was yes. the junior most and more junior than that person so <laughs> okay. like i was very small part of a very very sm- very very large team okay so and, and a team which was full of uh, knowledge and experience and uh-huh. i had just joined so mm-hmm. uh, i wouldn't uh, say that i was i was more of a uh, 
I was learning from. Yes. To be honest. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, mm. So, like, uh, did you did, like? Were you allowed to uh, get all that information that happened in the, in the back of the room where all of the things, the navigation systems, so, all of the things were happening? So I had already. So I had already quit ISRO a long time before the mission actually launched. Okay. And uh, once I was out of ISRO, I definitely did not have access to any information uh, that was not public already. So the okay. only information that I also got access to was public information already. So there was uh-huh. no special treatment. Uh-huh. But like, uh, because you have already said it, that you were um, a mere small part and as a trainee uh, at the mission. But yet, uh, I don't know uh, if if you could answer this. Uh, I just I wanted to ask that uh, the the lander it just flopped. It it just toppled up uh, at a hundred and eighty degrees upside down, and it just uh, crashed into the moon, right? And that happened at the last moment. Everything was going right before that. Why do you think that something like that happened? Like in the last minute itself? So, uh, so based on whatever analysis uh, has been uh, put out and whatever data has been put out, uh, and, and this has already been spoken in quite a lot of detail by uh, ISRO itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it is also probably the most plausible reason. Where uh, what happened is that over the last few minutes, there is a landing sequence in which there are four propulsion boosters that are uh, making the lander land straight. So there are four rockets. Yes, yes. And they are firing. Perfect. They are firing in tandem to make sure that the ro- the lander straight stays straight. So if it gets like this, this rocket will fire, make it straight. And so that these are extremely short, like microsecond short p- pulses. Over here, there is no atmosphere. So mm-hmm. there is no drag. If once, like based because, on the yes, yes. yes, yes, it because if rolling, it starts, it, it would just go up. Rolling, yeah. then it will, uh-huh. then 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 stabilizing it is very difficult. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think there was a malfunction in one of these rockets, mm-hmm. and uh, that is what uh, led to the uh, whole whole failure sequence. Uh, right. Get that. Hmm. Uh, a couple of quick rapid fire questions. We are just going to write, like wrap it up now, uh, almost. Okay. So, uh, starting a rocket company in India or US? Uh, so, I wouldn't start a rocket company like an actual launch vehicle company anymore. If it was ten years ago, then uh, I would probably want to do it in India, or like even five years ago, I would want to do it in India. Hmm. Okay, voice, your voice cracked up over there. Could you just uh, uh, re-answer it? So, yeah, I'm saying that uh, I think now it's too late to start a rocket company like a launch vehicle company mm-hmm. uh, because there are already many launch vehicle companies in both US and India. Uh, but uh, five years ago, I would have wanted to start one in India. Okay, but like why five years ago? Like weren't there Agnikul, Spacefields, and all the other companies already out there? Uh, Agnikul and Skyroot are the two rocket companies, uh, launch vehicle companies that are actually pursuing proper launch vehicles already mm-hmm. in India. Mm-hmm. There are some other uh, 
there are some other teams which have uh, certain ideas, but uh, uh, building a rocket company is extremely difficult. It needs a large, 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 large amount of money. Yes, yes, it's uh, capital intensive. Yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. extremely capital intensive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so till so the only two uh, sort of funded projects, and I wouldn't say either of them is well funded. Both of them are just funded, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I think those are those two projects are Skyroot and Angikul. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I I hope they're both successful. Yeah, definitely. We want them to be successful. Why not? Um, so um, uh, talking about. rocket companies uh, like isro isro is a basically a government organization and uh, these uh, new small startups uh, which are private privately run they they have been doing pretty well right now right and uh, i want to just ask like uh, how does a rocket uh, or space company actually work the whole organization the whole team and all that stuff so uh, uh in in what sense like uh, can you can you yeah yeah like yeah, yes yes uh, so uh, the, like uh, the whole team like the different teams are separate or uh, uh, like there should be there should be a team which works on satellite one that works on the third stage the work the first uh, the another uh, team works on the first stage or something i think like that there is no formula it really depends on uh, mm-hmm. on the team as a whole uh, Uh, and in some projects you might see teams which are working in different verticals in some teams you might see where they have a lot of collaboration and everyone is sort of contributing to all systems obviously mm-hmm. you will have different types of expertise like for example uh, you would have people who are very very good at communication and telemetry and they would obviously work on communication and telemetry you would mm-hmm. have some people who are very very good on structures and aerodynamics and mm-hmm. those people would work on those parts of the rocket yes yes there would be some people who are very very good at chemicals they would probably mm-hmm. work with the propulsion team mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. uh, so so obviously uh, you have a wide variety of skill sets that you need and so teams will be structured according to that but the level of collaboration uh, or or structuring is 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 very very subjective and every company is different every team is different isro mm-hmm. is different nasa is different SpaceX is different, Anikul, Skyroot, or Rocket Lab, or uh, you know any mm-hmm. other uh, agency you might want to name. I'm sure mm-hmm. they all have their own formulas and their own ways of doing these things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is just a one-liner. How can one become a rocket scientist in India? Uh, study physics and math. Become an engineer. Uh, mm-hmm. Work hard and stay mm-hmm. focused. Like, like I'm, like I'm. Talking about the process, like what do they have to do technically? Like what do they have to crack so, into? So uh, they don't. Have, so very honestly, it's an engineering field. Uh, you have to, and and it's not limited to any one engineering field. As a, it's not necessary that you have to do aerospace engineering or mechanical engineering or uh, computer science or electronics and communication. All of these fields combined to really create modern rockets that we have today. And so. If you're a good engineer, after coming out of engineering, you will have all kinds of opportunities in different companies and space agencies. Uh, uh, so, for example, ISRO has an exam called IITP happening every year. So, any engineer can give that exam. And uh, if you qualify, you can become an uh, ISRO scientist. Uh, same way, Agnikul and Skyroot will hire engineers, uh, or Bellatrix will hire engineers. So, uh, you know, just uh, engineering is your path towards become. So, rocket scientist is basically a fancy term for a. Engineer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, right, yeah. So, 
so so that's the part two okay um i'm going to wrap it up with uh, one more question now um i wanted to ask you that uh, these companies at nasa uh, and uh, all of these companies who are affiliated with nasa they have had these people uh, who have uh, already been in previous space programs right like and when nasa started they hired german space engineers because german german space organizations were the most profound ones and the most advanced one in those times at the, at the time of world war 2 and when india started we started on a cycle we started with was the most humble basis possible and because of and because of that we have had a pretty successful uh, organization if we take in the terms that we started solely or on our own what would have what would have happened if india would have taken the help of some other country or hired some engineers from other uh, developed space organizations so uh, i think rather than thinking about what would have happened uh, uh, i can i can give you some context on what happened and how it happened Okay. Uh, uh so so just saying that we started on a cycle is is or 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 started from very very humble beginnings is mm. is not the full picture mm. uh almost every space program in the world whether it was the germans or the americans or the russians uh, or or uh, the the french or the japanese or the chinese um mm-hmm. uh, they they all started as military first programs the idea was to protect your country to have technological prowess in your country uh, to have uh, to have these capabilities from a militaristic nationalistic standpoint hmm. and uh, once you started working with these uh, aspects uh, you obviously saw a lot of spin off uh, applications in the civilian sector so say for example communication navigation etc you saw a lot of these spin offs that were applicable to the civilian sector hmm. and that is how these programs evolved apart from nasa and the roscosmos uh, which is the russian space agency who had a space race where they were trying to you know one up each other that, <laughs> uh, that that was also from a very very nationalistic standpoint the idea was that us is better russia is better right mm-hmm. uh, and and that space race actually saw such such a vast spin off for the private sector like so so many things that we use today were invented because of those that space race for example the current car tires that we use that side, that sort of a rubber was invented for rockets so mm. um so uh, you know uh, whereas when india started our space program in in, mm. in the 70s uh, it was mm. under the uh, under the ages of vikram sarabhai mm-hmm. uh, vikram sarabhai and dr homi baba dr vikram sarabhai and dr homi baba they were very close friends they were working together at the so baba uh, had set up the baba atomic research center Uh, mm-hmm. the indian uh, nuclear program and uh, uh, was obviously one of the most respected scientists not just in india but world over okay. yeah. and uh, so was uh, vikram sarabhai was working closely with him and uh, vikram sarabhai himself was quite the stellar stellar scientist had a very strong very good reputation as a, as as a scientist across the world mm-hmm. and uh, he set up the vision to build uh, what we call isro today uh what he said was that we as a country should be second to none for the application of space technology we should be second to none in application of space technology for the betterment of society so mm-hmm. the program started off as a civilian first space program 
and uh, it was not a militaristic program it was a civilian program started with the vision to make lives of indians better and provide the benefits of this technology to indians and to uh, our society at large uh, this this vision was extremely different rather till today we are the only government space program that is the civilian first space program uh, in in the in the world like you know only very recently over the last 2 3 years where you have countries like uae and uh, nigeria or uh, or trying to sort of build out some satellites for example the uae launched the hope mission right hmm. uh, only now are you seeing some of these other space programs national space programs come up which are civilian first uh but up till now we were the only ones like that and we built it out when these big players were fighting it out right so so that is what really changed and that is what i think is the core ethos and and the, and, the, and the core uh sort of philosophy uh, which has made isro what it is hmm yeah so basically it basically started off as a an organization for space exploration and civilian based so that we could have so as much information space exploration is a completely different field it is only now that we have arrived at a situation where we are doing space exploration the program was as i said started for the betterment, betterment of, of the society, society on, yes on earth so mm-hmm. so what was happening was the first applications was communication telemedicine teleeducation television mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so so providing these technologies like using the telemedicine program doctors like we now see com- apps like practo and you know talking of talking to doctors over our phone isro enabled this with this uh, with the television or or tele uh, the telemedicine program where you know rural areas could get access to medical consultations from doctors and isro enabled that or for that matter you know uh, communications uh, if across the country uh, or for that matter dth that we see today tata sky right uh, so uh, so 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 it is these things you know that 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 drive is ro more than anything hmm hmm i've been dumb all throughout this interview okay uh, i just wanted to ask you one thing uh, uh how what would you recommend me to improve the experience of this podcast because the first i get it it, it is going what's going to be crappy I, i knew it but yeah so uh you you are planning to go on a live in video format as well hmm uh so like you'll put this on youtube or where uh no this is going to be in a repurposed format like it's it is going to be in short 60 second shots because uh video formats of long podcast don't work audio formats work so i'm going to be putting audio with the full audio format and then shorts uh, of the, these uh, the the cuts and shorts of these whole videos to okay uh, got it to got on sana yeah so very honestly i don't have a lot of experience in building out something like this Okay. and uh, so so first of all all the best to you thank you and uh, and i think it's uh, it was a fun experience and um, i'm i'm sure as you go along there'll be some learnings in terms of how you should talk or maybe you should be uh, you know uh, you should uh, like move less uh, around the mic uh, yes yes also personally i feel that the camera angle a little further away would be better but okay, then okay uh, okay okay sure yeah. okay okay yeah okay i'll figure that out mm-hmm. yeah mm. okay
okay thank you thanks a lot and uh, hope we we might all even have a second episode i know i enjoyed this one a lot it was so insightful i got to learn so many new things and uh, yeah uh, great to have you here bye thank you thank you for having me yeah bye sure. bye bye